Hello everyone, and welcome to the Conservative Woman's Guide. I'm your host, Karen Lips. Today, I am joined by my special guest, Christina Sandifer, for an episode on the Conservative Woman's Guide to Excelling at Your First Internship. We'll be talking about how to find internships, networking during your internship, and how to stand out. Welcome, Christina. Thanks so much for having me, Karen. I'm excited for this conversation because I think we're going to give our listeners a lot of great tips. Can you begin by telling us a bit about your background and how you ended up at the Goldwater Institute? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the executive vice president at the Goldwater Institute. And I'll tell you, I have the absolute best job in the world because I work in the liberty business. Um, But I had no idea how to get here when I first started out. I was the first in my family to go to college. And although I loved American history and economics, I had no idea that there was a job out there for me that would allow me to professionally work to protect people's freedoms. And so what I started to do when I was in college, I went to Hillsdale College, is talk to some of my professors. Fortunately, they were like-minded. They had a lot of experience in the area. And I said to them, you know, as I'm taking these great classes and I'm immersed in in economics and policy and, you know, and all of these great subjects, how can I go out there and get practical experience so that maybe I can find a job that would allow me to use these skills? And I had a wonderful professor named Dr. Bert Folsom, and he had connections to the Mackinac Center for Public Policy, which is a sister organization of the Goldwater Institutes. It's a free market think tank located in Michigan. And he said, you should go there and get a summer internship. And honestly, that just opened the doors for me. Uh, I went and worked at the Mackinac Center. I got to write. I got my uh, publications put on the Mackinac Center website. And that opened the doors to even more people. It it was a huge deal. I was published under my own name. It, It felt really great. In fact, one time I wrote something about the United States Postal Service. And this was the early days in the internet before people were had Twitter and those sorts of things. But somehow it got out to government postal workers and they were all kind of like sending emails to me, you know, nasty emails about uh, about my views on the Postal Service. And I actually felt really proud because I thought, wow, here I am as an intern in college getting, you know, making waves um, in the kind of the government union <laughs> community. So um, from there on, you know, I, I'll tell you, internships really played an integral part in getting where I am today. I went on to go to law school and all throughout, I just made sure that I was networking um, and that I was getting internship opportunities at places like Pacific Legal Foundation. Um, I did intern at the Goldwater Institute before I started working here. And I also went to uh, all sorts of different conferences. So Institute for Justice has a conference for law students. Um, The Institute for Humane Studies has conferences for college students. Um, Back then, it wasn't as easy to find these things. Now, all you have to do is Google and you can find a plethora of, of conferences and opportunities. And I just highly recommend, you know, dipping your toes in, getting your feet wet uh, and and taking on as many of these opportunities as you can, because that's how you meet people. That's how you learn what it's like to be on the job. And ultimately, it led to a lifelong career for me. Well, Christina, it sounds like you are the right person to talk to about internships because your internship uh, really led you to where you are today. I know organizations love it when they end up hiring their interns. We've had fun at New hiring some of our interns. So that's a great, great story. Now, you shared a little bit about how you found your internship. I think our students are often uh, really searching for those internships. Can you talk a little bit more about the search, but also on the flip side now, uh, as an employer, how you look for interns? 
Yeah, you know, uh, as far as the search goes, I think, again, there are so many more ways to find opportunities now with the internet. Spend some time on the internet. Um, look for organizations. So if you know physically where you want to be, say, during the summer, or if you want to intern during a semester at school, um, look for organizations in your area. There are state-based organizations that fight for freedom all over the country. There's obviously many located in Washington, D.C. And, you know, in the world that we live in now, uh, a lot of these opportunities that previously were only in-person opportunities, um, there are all, there are also remote options. Although I do recommend getting in-person experience uh, if and when you can. But so do, do some searching. You, there are there are of course like job banks and and places like that. But I would you know I would just go on the uh, websites of the organizations that you think you might be interested in. Um, also, don't hesitate to reach out to people. Um, reach out to if you're involved with new. Um, you know, reach out to your chapter president or reach out to Karen. Um, you can always reach out to me uh, if you see people out there speaking um, and they work at organizations that you might like to work at. Um, shoot them an email and and ask them if they know of any opportunities. But I think just, you know, getting a little inquisitive, getting a little creative and, and look for the opportunities that are out there. As far as how I go about choosing interns, you know, it's interesting because I think when you're applying for an internship or, or even a job, you're, you're thinking about, you know, making yourself um, seem perfect for the job or the internship opportunity. But we also want to know, why is it that this opportunity is perfect for you? Um, what is this going to do for you and your career? And so I think that I look for people who have just a, a hunger to be able to fight for freedom, you know, people who uh, just really, really have a deep commitment to liberty and, and to the principles uh, in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So if that's the type of job you're looking for, or really any job that you're looking for, show that you have a passion, show that you take pride in the work um, and demonstrate that you really see this as a privilege. And I will tell you that um, all work is is a privilege. You know, some days are better than others, even when you have your dream job. Um, but we're fortunate in America that we can live the American dream and, and we can pursue the profession of our choice. And I've always thought if you can get paid to do something that you would volunteer to do for free, um, then you're pretty lucky. And so show us when you're applying for an internship that that, you know, not only would you be great and do you bring the skills and the grades and everything else to the job, but that this would help you fulfill a lifelong passion. Um, I think that's really, really important. Christina, you mentioned job banks. I think it's helpful to maybe mention a couple. There's Talent Market and America's Future Job Board that we'll link to in the show notes. So if students are, are interested in checking those out. And also, Christina, I think it's a great story I should share about one of our chapter leaders, Cameron Teal, who uh, was a student at the University of Arizona. She brought you to campus to speak to her new chapter and then ended up interning you with you this summer. And as I understand it, she's even been asked to extend and, and stay on. And so wanted to raise the question, how do students then, once they get that internship, really stand out? In a good way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and Cameron has been fantastic and she did all the right things, right? All the things that I was just talking about. I mean, we met at an event. She came up and introduced herself afterwards. Um, she told me, you know, how much she admired the work that we were doing at the Goldwater Institute. And then when she applied, she flagged her application to me so that I remembered, you know, 
that we had met at that event. We had such a great interaction. I was impressed with her from the start. And um, and that's something to think about, too. If you meet somebody at the organization, you know, where you want to work and um, you then end up applying for an internship, reach back out to that person, even if they're not immediately in charge of the internship program. And I went to our intern coordinator and I said, you know, because, of course, we have lots of applications from all over the country. A lot of these folks we haven't met. And I said, I remember Cameron. She's fantastic. Please make sure, you know, to, to give special consideration to her application because we had already had that interaction. So um, anyway, she did all the right things. When you are at your internship, um, I think, you know, to stand out, you always want to go above and beyond. It is very true. And, and we are very aware because a lot of us have been there that internships uh, can be a lot of work. And of course, you are in a situation where you are studying still in school. You, you may be on your summer break, but you know, still you have a lot going on in your life. Um, you're probably taking out student loans and you know, trying to find ways to, to just pay for school and, and living accommodations. And we all know that internships, especially in public policy, they're, you know, they're not meant to get anybody rich, right? So you're probably not making much money. You probably have a small stipend. I know when I was an intern, I actually lost money on my internships because I moved to places to get the experience. And then my stipend never covered where you know I was living. Um, think of it as an investment, though, in your career and your future. And putting in the hard work now at the beginning and demonstrating that hard work and that you're willing to go the extra mile uh, for the experience, that, that that will pay off later in your career. So I interns stand out to me when they go the extra mile, when they don't just wait for me to send them an assignment, but they tell me, hey, I'm almost wrapped up with you know what you asked me to do. I should probably finish that you know, in the next day or so. Do you have anything else that I can work on next? Or I really loved this assignment that you gave me you know, researching like um, economic freedom in a certain state. And it was really fun. If you have something else on that, I'd, I'd love to dive, you know, deeper in next time. Um, so, you know, again, show the zeal, show the interest um, and also be willing to do things that maybe aren't your favorite. Uh, all of us that work in for nonprofits do things that, um, you know, that we love and we're lucky to do, but we also have to do uh, a, a lot of grunt work, right? Because that's what it means to work at a nonprofit. Um, I mean, I myself have, you know, I, I could be in court, I could be testifying before a legislature, I could be speaking to the media, but I could also be like cleaning the bathroom because, you know, we don't have a janitor that day and we've got to take care of it or uh, working late to clean up after an event. Um, we, you know, we do it all. And so um, while I'm not suggesting that we're making our interns clean the bathrooms, um, I, I, but, you know, volunteer, if you see somebody that needs help at the organization, maybe it's even outside of your department, ask your supervisor if you have the time, like, you know, if you can, if you can help them out or if there's anything extra you can do, even if it's something that, um, you know, that you might not love doing. So I think I think just going the extra mile, being a self-starter, but also um, one last thing, and this might sound a little counterintuitive when I talk about you know, being a self-starter and asking for more, but also don't... Um, like, don't forget to ask for help when you need it or ask for clarification. And I don't mean that you shouldn't first start to tackle something on your own when you get an assignment, but 
if you start and you get stuck, or if you're not entirely sure what your supervisor asked you to do, it, it just wasn't completely clear to you. Uh, the worst thing that you can do is try to do the assignment anyway and and do a poor job, right? And and waste your time and get frustrated. Uh, go go back to that person, have a conversation, ask for some clarification, or maybe bring what you think you've learned so far, and you know, and ask if you're on the right track. I'll tell you, open communication uh, solves a lot of problems, catches things early on. It shows to me that you care about doing your assignment well. Um, it gives us an opportunity to interact more and learn from each other, and just don't forget get. Don't be ashamed to ask questions and learn. That's why you're in an internship. You're not just there to help the organization you're working for. You're there so that we can help you learn and grow. Um, and that's why we want to have interns. We're all happy to do it. And all of us are still learning in our jobs. It doesn't matter if we've been doing an internship for a month or, you know, if we're like some of us going on 15 years working in our profession. That is so true. And Christina, you make some great points there. I very much appreciate your point about teamwork and jumping in. Also doing that research and, and really digging in deep. I think it's important for interns to really be thorough in their work and do excellent work. I know I've seen interns when they've done research for me really stand out because they've taken it to the next level. They've just taken those extra steps. So maybe they research exactly what I asked for, but then they also, you know, dig in on some of the articles that are cited within the articles I asked them to look at. And that really makes them stand out to me. Uh, wasn't to also hit on the um, networking point at internships that it's important to do good work. It's important to be a team player. It's also very helpful to make an effort to get to know everyone on the team. And that won't only serve you well at the internship, but also beyond. Could you touch on that? I, I could not agree more, Karen. When you're when you have an internship, you have a unique opportunity to have access to you know, a dynamic group of people that hopefully are doing the type of work that either you want to do or that you're considering doing. And you have this opportunity to really pick their brains and learn from them and also um, leave an impression. To me, networking serves two purposes, right? First, it allows you to learn um, more about the person or the profession uh, or whatever else, but it also allows people to get to know you and remember you. I had mentioned before about Cameron and how she really, um, you know, left an impression, a very positive impression on me. So I wanted to make sure that that her internship was, that she was selected for an internship at Goldwater. Um, so take advantage of that. Um, it can be a little intimidating. I get it. First of all, uh, I promise that none of us uh, are as intimidating as we seem, and we all try to be very friendly and open, right? But I, but I get it. You're in a profession. I mean, when I first started working at organizations like Goldwater, like Pacific Legal Foundation, like the Mackinac Center, um, you know, these people were my idols, right? Uh, I got to work with Clint Bullock, who is uh, who, who was the co-founder of the Institute for Justice. He, for many years, led our litigation team at the Goldwater Institute. He's now a Supreme Court justice on the Arizona Supreme Court. Uh, everybody knows who he is in the freedom movement. I had read his books long before I ever met him. And when I first got to work with him, I mean, I was a little intimidated. Now, now Justice Bullock is the nicest man in the world if you've met him and you know that. But, but you know, it's, it's, it can be a little intimidating. But, um, but of course, you want to be respectful, but just try, you know, try to reach out. Um, I recommend, in addition to your supervisor, reaching out to other people in the office, whether that be in person or if you're remote, you know, send some emails um, and 
if you have questions about their jobs um, or you want advice for your career, just ask them like, hey, you know, do you have a few minutes? Maybe we could grab coffee one day or I could just come by your office one day or we could jump on a Zoom call for, you know, even 15, 20 minutes. Um, I'd love to ask you some questions about your job or, you know, your career or advice for me, things like that. You will be surprised at how many people would love to take that time to talk to you. I do it all the time. I know you do it a lot, Karen. Um, I'm happy, you know, we're all happy to do it. That's what we want. That's why we hire interns. Because if you think about it, uh, we want to set you up for success. Hopefully you'll be so great that, you know, we can, if we have an open position, we can hire you eventually at the Goldwater Institute. But if not, um, we're all working in, in this profession because we care deeply about our country and our country's future and protecting the freedoms that are so unique and special to America. And we want that next generation to be set up to pick up that torch, right? So it is in our best interest too, to have you come to us and ask our advice so that we can set you up for success for your career so that you can continue on the hard work that we've put in. Um, so you will find that people will be very receptive what's the worst that can happen? Someone's too busy and they say, I'm really sorry, I just don't have time right now. Um, well, that's okay. They'll remember that you tried though. They'll remember that you asked. And again, that helps you stand out because you showed initiative. Uh, and then again, if opportunities happen, I mean, I have made phone calls for people who have worked at, you know, pursued jobs after an internship at Goldwater at similar organizations. And because they took the time to get to know me and talk to me, I've picked up the phone and called that other organization and said, you know, you really ought to consider her. She was really great. Um, or I might think of if someone says, hey, I really love working at Goldwater, but, you know, I really want to live in Tennessee uh, when I'm done with school. Well, great. I can tell you about this wonderful organization called the Beacon Center and my friends over there would probably be happy to talk with you and I can connect you, that sort of thing. So uh, I really cannot over emphasize the importance of networking, of talking to folks, of learning from them. Um, I, I'll tell you, it was the single most important factor in my career and, and getting where I got. Christina, you've mentioned a few different state-based think tanks. Could you share with our listeners a little bit more about state-based think tanks and make the case for interning for one? Absolutely. You know, I think... Um, and I was certainly one of these people. I think when you are in college and you're thinking about a career in the freedom movement, you think, well, I've got to be in Washington, D.C., because that's where the op opportunities are. And of course, there are many opportunities in Washington, D.C., but uh, there are so many opportunities in the states as well. And I'm a little biased because I work for a state-based freedom organization, Um but, you know, I, I would urge you to consider uh, the state-based organizations because, in my opinion, there are just a wealth of opportunities to do work to advance your career, but also to, you know, advance freedom at the state level. And if you think about it, it's exactly what our founding fathers intended, right? I mean, they set up a system of federalism because they knew that the federal government could get too big, could get too bureaucratic. I don't think in their wildest dreams they ever would have imagined what we'd be facing today. But the idea is that we have, you know, states have powers to push back against the federal government. Um, but also, of course, states uh, themselves can intrude on freedoms. And so we not only need to work at the state level to push back against federal overreach, but we also have to work at the state level to protect people's freedoms from state and local governments. And so because of that, uh, there are organizations that pr protect freedom uh, at, in every single state in the country. Now, some are larger than others. Some do different work than others. Some, like the Goldwater Institute, 
are really multifaceted, right? And at Goldwater, I mean, we do public policy research. We push legislation at the state capital and capitals across the country. We go into state courts and fight to protect people's freedoms. Some organizations only do some of those things or they do other things. They do grassroots uh, work. So whatever you're interested in, there is an organization on the state level uh, that's doing that work. Um, So you have a unique opportunity to really utilize the tools that our founding fathers gave us uh, to protect freedom. Uh, Also, of course, there's the convenience factor. Maybe there's a state you want to live in or you want to be closer to family and home, uh, there's probably an organization near you that will allow you to do the work without having to go to Washington, D.C. Also, we have unique opportunities. Every state has its own constitution. And that state constitution is unique to the state and those state courts and the state legislatures can use those state tools differently than the federal government uses the federal constitution. And so if the Supreme Court gets it wrong, as it often does in interpreting the federal constitution, you can go to that state organization and try to make a change at the state level using the state constitution. Um, And so it's just there's just so many great opportunities. And frankly, state and local governments, although we don't think of it this way, they oftentimes have a far greater impact on everyday Americans' lives than even the federal government. So you are really putting yourself in a unique, uh, you know, a unique situation to be able to really make a real change uh, in people's lives. It's also, I will never say it's easy, but sometimes it's easier to pass a law at this on the state level uh, or to get, you know, people's attention on the state level or even to get work done in the courts on the state level, simply because, you know, you have a it's, it's a smaller group of people, right, that you're working with. You can actually have more interactions with the people who are making decisions on the state level. And so um, this is another opportunity for you to really make a difference and really see the fruits of your labor paying off in a way that you know, you might not see on the federal level. People can work for decades in Washington, D.C. and get nowhere because of the bureaucratic inertia. And you can work for a couple of years or even a couple of months at the state level and really make impactful change for freedom. So I think it's a great opportunity. Um, You know, I, I strongly encourage people to reach out to their state think tanks and pursue work there. Thank you, Christina, for making the case for interning or working at a state-based think tank. And thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, you've shared so many great tips that I know our listeners are going to benefit from. Make sure you join us next week for the Conservative Woman's Guide to Building Friendships. And please subscribe to the Conservative Woman's Guide wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. See you next time.